Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, TGIF, thank God it's Friday, and, and we have a full house, even though it is Friday, but the summer is coming. Give it, give it time. <laughs> you know, so we got in the studio with us, we have uh, Richard uh, Weinberg, the judge, and we have uh, former chief of staff to Mayor Giuliani, uh, Tony Carbonetti, and the gov, the governor, Governor David Patterson. Thank you all guys for being here on a, on a Friday afternoon, almost summer. And I promise you mean- one Friday during the summer. All right. Oh, when so. are we going to get it? When? By the way, Tony is dressed like Friday. The I'm rest going to the ball game. Guys- I'm going to the Mets game. Oh, you are? Okay. We're oh, jealous. Right. Okay, good. What, tonight? I'm running from here to the Mets game, yes. Wow. That should be fun. Is I, that the I same actually- one that said uh, Rosenberg was, uh, was saying, oh, I'm going to go to the Mets game? I stood as godfather to my nephew James the other day for his confirmation, and he asked to go to the Mets game tonight, so we're going. Oh, what a good wow. godfather. Bravo, bravo, bravo. By Governor, the way, Governor Patterson, there's so many things going on uh, with the casinos. What's the latest rumors? Give us an update what's going on with the uh, casinos in New York. Well, they're not really rumors. The state of New York on January 4th issued a request for application. So any company that's interested and wants to learn about the process and bid on one of the casinos could do that. That was issued January 4th. They never put in a deadline for when the applications would be accepted. So, you know, it's four and a half months and and nothing's happened on that. However, what's going to happen is that there are local uh, represent, representatives, the local assembly member, the local state senator, the local uh, um, uh, county executive. And if, if they approve that the uh, particular bid is good enough for them, then it will go on to a five-member uh, commission that is appointed by Governor Hochul, and they will pick three licenses. Wow, how many licenses potentially? Because one of we were just talking before the show. Three, um, three, right? But but three what, downstate, three, three downstate. Down but right. but now, uh, what was the thing? There's still the one on top of Saks. What was our line that yeah. we said that? No, it was just that a, if, a, if it goes one way, if you do well, right? If they do put one there, if you do well, you go to the jewelry department, right? right? Exactly. And if you Six. do poorly, you go to St. Patrick's next door yeah. and pray and, and beg for money and beg for money. Six <laughs> of the bids are from Manhattan. Manhattan is. If you want to build a resort or you want to build a casino and you just just the uh, physical locale, you need a lot of area. And that's not going to happen in these smaller venues. And it was true that the president of Saks Fifth Avenue bid for one of the licenses. And I just said, where is he going to put it next to the jewelry? (laughs) jewelry (laughs) Does the budget include any casino money? Have they written it into the budget already? No, because the uh, the, the money will come from the bids. It will be $500 million. Uh, right. I figured they might have spent that money. Now, right. we got a problem, guys. No, they don't uh, have the money Tom yet. Tom came on this afternoon. Ah, hell and, no. And uh, we, we have a little bit of a clip here. Tom DiNapoli says April. April, we were 40% short of uh, what they were expecting in April or what they had last year. Yes, yeah, sales so revenue. So I said to Tom, and he's going to be on Sunday's show, and I said to Tom DiNapoli, 
I mean, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So year over year, sales taxes down. 40%. Wow. Wow. But it was just the month of April. Yeah, let's play a little clip of that, John. Let's play a clip. Let's play that clip. This is Sunday's show. You're going to have the whole show on on Sunday. Sunday. (laughs) Fridays and Mondays and and the weekends, you could throw bowling balls up and down uh, uh, 3rd Avenue, 5th Avenue, 2nd Avenue, Park Avenue, and those people are not here. To, buy, to take Ubers, take taxi cabs, uh, uh, go to restaurants, and that's all sales tax. Well, I, 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 absolutely. And I think part of what we're seeing also is although inflation is moderating, it's still very high and people are concerned about that. interest rates. You know, obviously that's still a big issue and a big concern. Looking at the sales tax collections, which had been consistently higher, they still are, but we're seeing the increase year of starting to slow, not just in New York City, but across the state. I think it speaks to the fact that people are very concerned, rightfully so, about where this whole economy is headed. They still hear, you know, a lot of projections about a recession. When will it be? How deep will it be? There's just a lot of uncertainty out there. Obviously, you know, the real estate market has had significant challenges, too. A lot of taxes are generated when there's real estate activity. So when there's not real estate activity, that has an impact. So we're, you know, we're in for a time as we've tried to flash that bright yellow light, you know, for a number of months now. Uh, caution uh, is very important. And certainly now that we're seeing the numbers go not in the direction we'd like them to be in. It's very important we monitor carefully these revenues. because Well, you're going to hear the rest of that interview on Sunday at the Cats Roundtable between 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. That's a stunning and amount, John. It's, it's 40, wow. You know, how much was 40%? It was like uh, $7 billion? I, I have to remember the number, but I think 40%. It was $7 billion shortfall. And it's year to year. And it's Tom the revenue Denacle, coming the in. The controller knows his numbers. He know, and the other thing, the other number, Judge, that he threw out in the interview was that it is costing, they're estimating, this is from the state, $2 billion, he told us, John, uh, is basically going to be the cost for migrants in New York State to fiscal year 2024. That is a huge number, Tony Carbonetti. John, John, this is what Jamie Dimon says all the time, why people have to get back to work. It's all the ancillary jobs. It's the taking people out to lunch. It's well, going to the cleaners. It's taking the taxi. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you said that because there's, a, there's breaking news just now that they just sent 20 truckloads or truckloads, busloads of, of people to – uh, which which hotel? To the Roosevelt Hotel. Is the that- Roosevelt Hotel. They've reopened right it. next to yes. Jamie Diamond's, right in J.P. Morgan's Park Avenue building. That J.P. Morgan is spending three and a half billion dollars on it. That's really going to be good. A good guy. Jamie's telling his employees to come back to work so they can spend more money putting- in the neighborhoods. Right with the migrants. That should oh be really gosh. good for Midtown Commercial District. Well, you know what we suggested. We never promised them a rose garden. Yeah, where's that and, music? And, by the way, it's Friday, John. We know, love that I mean, song. Here it is, John. I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. Well, <laughs> yeah. can, can anybody <laughs> promise the migrants a rose garden? We said, we all agreed the other day. We all said, look, we'll give you food. We'll give you shelter, housing, housing, yeah. And, and, and you know, Rikers Island, 
has almost, almost, according to Rudy, almost 30,000 beds you could put in there. John, when my great-grandfather came pay? here, they gave him a hotel. Why you, yours I... didn't get one? No. Oh, gee, you got ripped off. <laughs> my great-grandfather, I think they put him at the Waldorf. What was his name? Uh, <sighs> Louis Carbonetti. I think they put him at the Waldorf. All right, oh we got to check it out. By the way, by the way, John, <laughs> in addition to, hang on one second, you don't just have that. We have an ad that is coming out in Sunday's New York Post. WABC is putting an ad. In Sunday's New York Post, saying, hey, we never promised them a rose garden. Uh, we have 30,000 beds in Rikers Island. Why does a city want to pay a billion dollars every three, four months to house them in hotels? And 50% of the hotels are the migrants. Which is amazing. Uh, what are you amazing. Do about the, John, what are you going to do about the tourists when they want to come here? There's no place for them. By the tell way, the tourists to leave. And not only that, would you want to be, if you're staying at a hotel down the you know down the hallway is so-and-so? Who knows? That's if a scary place. you're booking your place. convention and you look at Boston or New York and you see that New York has half its rooms that are migrant workers, which which city are you going to? I say, God, uh, let's have a Boston tea let, party. That's what I say. Let me, let me ask you folks Tony, a question. Let me ask you folks a question. We ruined and so out you the give them a room. Governor, you give them a room, right? Then what do they do all day and all night? Well, you give them food, you give them room right. service, you give and, them a cell phone. And they, go, and they go into the streets and you don't know who they are. Absolutely. There's no background checks. You don't know what diseases they have. Governor. Go ahead, Gov. No, that was it. Uh, uh, municipal bonds, they have a double-A rating. We can give them to the migrants. Maybe they can make some money. Like <laughs> <laughs> a day trade. By the way, uh, just to also, on the ad that you have coming out, John, you also stress, uh, take the jail doors off and add beautiful beds because you want to also have want, it hospitable want, for them. Yeah, we want it hospitable, and, and, and we want it to be nice. But we didn't promise them a rose garden. We didn't promise them $700 a day rooms. What Absolutely. happens, what happens when the flood of migrants continues because Biden has not closed the border? If they see what the happens, if they see Rikers Island, maybe they'll go someplace else. Yes, maybe they'll go. By the way, one of the things we talked about last night, we had an amazing dinner with Senator Lindsey Graham. It was a great dinner. And we talked about the border. And Judge Weinberg, you were there. I, I thought Lindsey Graham was exactly right. He's a common sense senator. He knows what he wants to do. And he feels, yeah, common sense because he feels he wants to make the Democrats part of the solution. Yeah, and he had some interesting stuff, John, some big news. You also interviewed him. We're going to do another little tease on the Sunday show. Sunday's uh, interview. You had some uh, terrific ideas of how, uh, you know, to use the Democrats uh, and bring them together to come with more common sense solutions, uh, especially with Saudi Arabia, which I was very impressed in, that you feel that uh, uh, Saudi Arabia really wants to be on our side versus uh, the side of the evil axis of Russia and China. Well, so, you know, I I try to be bipartisan where it makes sense. I'm a proud conservative, but you got to work together in a, in a company or marriage or a country to survive. So our friends in Israel are under threat from the Ayatollah in Iran. If he had a nuclear weapon, I believe he would use it. Israel can't afford to let that happen. The Saudis, who are uh, Sunnis, feel threatened by the Ayatollah's uh, Shiite extremist agenda. So uh, the Biden administration is talking to Saudi Arabia about normalizing relationships. Saudi has been very problematic, but uh, they're embarking on reforms that are pretty encouraging. They're going to re- reshape their economy. They're letting women drive. Women can go out to dinner without a male escort. Things are moving in the right direction. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could solidify Saudi Arabia in the camp of progress 
uh, have Saudi Arabia recognize Israel as the one and only Jewish state, normalize relationships between Saudi and Israel within the Let's Israeli air okay. conflict. The rest of the interview was a great interview. It was a great dinner party the other, uh, last night. And uh, the rest of the interview will be on Sunday on Cat's Roundtable between 8 and 10. And he is one smart guy. I was very, very much impressed. Absolutely. Uh, and I love what he was talking about with, like, at all costs, we've got to avoid Iran, of course, getting the nuclear weapon. By the way, there's some big news. We're also going to be talking later on in the show today, John, with Ty McCoy, um, of course, a senior military guy about this big news that the U.S. is going to be involved somehow in F-16s going time. to really? Ukraine. Isn't it about time they gave me F-16? They've yes. only been asking for it for a year and a half. If you're going to do war, go all Yeah, in. but they're running out of airplanes, and, and I understand uh, Taiwan wants F-16s. I, want, I understand that uh, that uh, Ukraine wants it, and our own Air Force has it, wants it. So who, do, who are we going to cut out? Well, that's the, the real problem is that their little secret, John and, and Rita, is very simple. There is not enough industrial capacity to produce all the F-16s that are needed. And we were talking before the show, Tony. A couple countries already have F-16s. By the way, Israel, other, big one. Egypt, other, Turkey. My friend, Neil. UAE. Uh, my friend, Neil, I won't use last names. He okay. sent me a text that, oh, Nassau County just got the, uh, the, 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 the Las Vegas Sands. So I'm going to turn to... Uh, oh, we just got it? Yeah, that's what it says. All here. right, let's ask the on governor ABC, Patterson. On ABC Channel 7, oh, New York News. Let's see. But what I said, I haven't read the story. I said to him, they made a deal with the Las Vegas Sands. Yep. Doesn't mean they got a license. Right. That's exactly that right. If they got a license, right? Governor, I'll let you talk. Well, they there is a uh, an agreement now between... The county and the Sands, who I work for, and the, and it is to have Sands lease out the Nassau Coliseum. So that's done. It's not the casino, the, Governor. It's the that you get in the Coliseum. Now, who's getting all well, the well, all the commissions from this deal? Well, it's it's the it's the space. I, I don't know that uh, you know Mastriani was the person that was leaseholder before they worked it out, and the Sands has obtained it, but it. It really has nothing to do with the bid that that exactly. uh, all the other companies. Well, I'll give you my comment. In. I think there's three chances that I'm getting it. Uh oh, no, no, Is no. Slim, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> How about none? <laughs> well, why don't you just do this? Open why the would casino. Hochul, Wait, we didn't hear the why three. Why would Governor Hochul give a license to Bruce Placement? Let's hear your. Let's hear it. I just said that's it. number two. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's hear. It. We didn't hear three. We Whoa. didn't. I picked two. What are you saying? Slim and none. And slim none. And, and that, uh, I can't. And, no and bumpus. 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 Why don't you just open the casino you, and you do what the, are assuming, the pot guys are doing? You all are assuming that the governor makes a decision. The governor yeah. already appointed the uh, panelists. A lot of them. That are, if they in, don't in do opposition. it her way, how long are they going to be panelists? Oh, John. How? What? Why would they care? Why would they care? They're only voting once. Well, just I mean, like when all, you're at the casino. Let's do this. Should be in well, Times Square. Wait, 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 wait. Let's take a break. Let's th- I, I enjoyed this conversation. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we come back with Larry Kudlow. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back, John. And by the way, uh, negotiations on the debt ceiling, 
It sounds like it's broken off big time, John. It's getting very interesting well, Larry, Washington. Larry's our expert. He's the country's leading economist. And um, what, what say you, Larry? What's going on with the, uh, uh, with the nego- negotiation? Well, they met for they met for 10 minutes this morning. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Okay. Oh, minutes. 10 minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've got my moles who are involved in this thing. And uh, the Democrats continue to pull away from the spending cuts, from the caps. The permitting bill, John, is nonsense. The Democrats want better permitting for renewables only, not for fossil fuels. Okay. Oh, my God. That. You can't do that. That's, you know, that's a key part. I mean, uh, uh, fossil fuels are such an important part of Americans' economic life and prices of gasoline and electricity and so forth. Um, they're, they're trying to walk away from the work requirements. They don't want to touch Medicaid, which they must touch. It's, nine, it's 19 years old to 55 with no kids. Able-bodied people should work, and they should seek work. And they should do community work or they should get a job. And the Democrats are walking away. They're walking away from the spending caps. They don't want 10 years. They want one or two years. I mean, Kevin McCarthy put together a terrific bill. It was a common sense bill. It was well received by everybody in the opinion world. The voters, you look at the polls, 80 percent want spending cuts to go along with a debt ceiling increase. The Democrats are walking away from the caps. McCarthy had $5 trillion package, okay, $4.8 trillion package. This would stop the frenzied spending that caused inflation. And by the way, spending restraint will help the Federal Reserve. It would stop the Fed from raising interest rates, okay? That's another point. And so Garrett Graves, who's negotiating for McCarthy and the Republicans, had to walk away from it. They've tried to chip away at everything in the – and by the by – there's only one bill. There's only one plan to raise the debt ceiling, and that's the McCarthy Republican plan. There's nothing in the Senate. There's nothing from the White House. So they're right. They should hold their ground. You know, I say save America, pass the McCarthy bill. And um, we'll see what happens over the weekend. Biden should get back to uh, Washington, D.C. and get involved again. But right now, uh, all bets are off. The meeting today was a farce. And there's no more meetings scheduled at the present time. There's no more meetings scheduled. When's the president due back from Japan? I don't know. I think it's Sunday. I think it's Sunday. He was saying he's he's cutting off the Australia part. Um, Larry, what about the 14th Amendment? Everybody's like talking about this. And also the Dow took a hit today, too, obviously. Yeah, not too much. A little over 100 points. The 14th Amendment is nonsense. Absolutely unconstitutional. Absolutely unconstitutional. Explain, by the way, to our listeners what that is, too, Lair. Well, the the 14th Amendment goes back 250 years or something or whatever, 200 years. But it basically says that uh, the the debt of the American government is sacred and inviolate and can never be defaulted. And we will not default on any debt, by the way. The Treasury gets revenues in every single day. They'll be able to cover the debt. They'll be able to cover Social Security and Medicare and so forth. But, you know, this is an important moment for the economy. You have a chance to restrain spending, to restrain inflation, to allow the Fed to stop raising interest rates. Look, I got one for you. The index of leading indicators 
published by the conference board, is a tremendous forecasting tool. In April, it fell again. It has declined 13 straight months, 13 straight months. It's down now over 8% year on year. It is predicting a deep recession, and the Democrats don't want to do anything about it. So this is, you know, disappointing. But Kevin McCarthy is a strong guy. His negotiator, Garrett Graves from Louisiana, is a strong guy. They have a good bill. They need to stick to their guns, and the Democrats have to get serious. And by the way, one last point, Rita. You were there last night. John Katsimatidis gave a fabulous riff. You heard his riff? I asked him yes. to do it. By the way, you did. It was your request, and it was a great riff. (laughs) And on top of that, not only did he give a great riff, but that allowed Lindsey Graham to eat his dinner. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that's called? That's called a gentleman. That's what that's called, (laughs) There's nobody nobody better than John Katz. As Lindsey Graham's assistant was saying, he's got to eat, he's got to eat. Remember, And I said to him, Lindsey, Lindsey, sit down and eat. And he did. By the way, what was your favorite part, Lair, of, of uh, we've been talking about that great dinner where John went on the uh, the great rift, too. Um, what was your favorite part of the dinner with uh, Senator Lindsey Graham that we all had last night? When John Katsimides said we need common sense policies. Look, Lindsey Graham is a clever chap. I agree with him sometimes, not always. Uh, he said some things last night I didn't buy. But he, he's a smart guy. He's a loyal Republican, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it was very kind of him to come and uh, pinch it. But uh, the more serious thing, in all honesty, you, you have to, here in, in Washington, D.C., they have a chance to really do something good. And it's not just the spending caps and so forth. It would give the Federal Reserve a chance to stop jacking up interest rates. Very important. Today, Jerome Powell gave a speech where basically he said he's inclined to start to pause, to stop this. I mean, all these indicators are saying recession. The uh, index of leading indicators, as I said, the yield curve is upside down. Short rates are way above long rates. That's a recession call. Commodity prices are falling. Look at oil. Nobody knows oil better than John. Even with the Saudi production cut, oil is still around 70 bucks. It may fall some more. Who knows? So we need to get this done in Washington and start growing the economy and start relieving inflationary pressures. They need to do this. And the Democrats, they want to back away and they can. And Kevin McCarthy, I think, will not let them back away. I spoke to Kevin McCarthy this morning around uh, noontime. And um, look, I think he's going to hang tough and and, and he wants the right uh, deal for all Americans. He called me at about 3 o'clock, John. I was here uh, at the, in our offices before the show, and I had the same impression. He's going to hang tough. I hope he does. You know, they put out a good product. The public supports it. And you can't move without the House of Representatives anyway. And Biden still is in denial that the GOP has the House. So let's do some, as you would say, <laughs> let's do something with common sense. Okay, that's your phrase. And I think that's exactly what needs to be done here. I agree. We've got to bring America back uh, center and, and stop with all this crap that's going on, you know? Yeah, it is so yes, crazy. Sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. And by the way, one last point, Rita. We've got to keep the FBI out of the next presidential election. Oh, 1,000 uh, yeah. percent. Well, everybody's antennas up now. 
What we learned from the Durham report this week was absolutely incredible. We must, these guys tried to interfere in 2016. They interfered in 2020, could have, could have changed the election. We've got to keep them out of the election. This is utter nonsense, and they have to clean house. 1,000%. Larry Kudlow, you're on tomorrow, the number one show on Saturday mornings between 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock. I look forward to listening to you. What are you going to talk about tomorrow on WABCradio.com worldwide? Throughout the solar system and the Milky Way. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. That is Larry Kudlow. Thanks, Thanks, Larry. Have a great weekend. We'll be tuning in. And coming up, we've got Ty McCoy talking about this big news that F-16s are headed to Ukraine. Stay tuned, everybody. Maybe. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back, John. We were just talking. You had the good line, maybe, about F-16. Well, the way we heard the story from uh, uh, from Lindsey Graham or somebody, who told us the story? That, Lindsey did, yep. Uh, F-16s, uh, Taiwan wants them. Uh, Ukraine wants them. We need them. We need them. So who are you going to cut out? Well, we'll find out. Let's go to our guest. We got Ty McCoy joining us now here on Cats and Cosby. He is the former assistant secretary of the Air Force. Uh, Ty, what did you hear this? President Biden, it just came out. There was a big alert all over the news uh, saying that now he backs the plan to train Ukrainian pilots on U.S. F-16 fighter jets. And then they kind of released a statement afterwards. It sounds like the White House is softening its stance he didn't rule out that at some point somehow the U.S. brings F-16s or somebody else brings F-16s. Where is this going? Well, Katz and everyone, it's great to be with you. I think that the uh, effort is to uh, show that not not only is, is the F-16, some people say, if, if they have the F-16 in Ukraine uh, in this war, of aggression by Russia, that it'd be a game changer. And to some degree it will. It's sort of a a, um, a question that has some caveats to it, which I'll, I'll address in just a moment. But I think more than a game changer, it's kind of a name changer in that the announcement is associated with the G7 meeting, which is the leading uh, Western economies, which is taking place in Japan, which is not too far off the coast of China. So I think the signal is that the uh, Indo-Pacific region, uh, including Japan as a major uh, ally there, uh, is now coming together with the uh, major economies, which comprise many of the countries in NATO. And it's sort of a signal to both the Russians and the Chinese that if you want to continue this and think you're going to engage in uh, either attacks or wolf warrior diplomacy, that we can expand and we can surround and we can buttress uh, our allies uh, on a, a continuing basis. What, so that, what, what do you uh, say to John? Uh, John's comment that, like, are are we spread too thin? I mean, do we have the bandwidth? Well, we uh, don't have the bandwidth that we really need. And there's always been in the Pentagon uh, the debate of whether we should plan and we used to in the 60s for so-called two-and-a-half-war scenario. Then it became a one-and-a-half-war scenario. Then it became a one-war scenario with a delay uh, in another theater. So over time, the uh, strategy 
has been that uh, has been cut back, and the, and the requirement has been cut back mainly because we didn't want to. The Pentagon and the, and the Congress didn't want to fund uh, the robust uh, forces needed for you know a two and a half war or two two war strategy. And so we are stretched thin. We have uh, readiness problems. We have uh, recruiting problems. We have woke problems. Uh, we have leadership problems. We have uh, industrial base that is not ramped up, ready to uh, continue a long war for uh, either Ukraine or, or ourselves. And uh, so I think it's really uh, we're stretching the rubber band and we're going to have to be pretty careful uh where uh, where this is going to go you know ty um and i'm polish so obviously i i am so obviously uh upset about what's happened to ukraine but what do you say to americans right now who are listening who are saying is this going to drag us in i mean because putin's already said don't go further if you send f-16s or something like that he's going to go crazy uh what where does this change the dynamics of the war and what kind of response could we see from putin well i think you're right i mean we keep trying to um uh, up the ante, he, he ups the ante a little bit, and then we do, and everybody keeps putting a little few more chips on the table to see who's bluffing and who's going to uh, fall back uh, while waiting to see whether uh, other uh, countries, uh, do the Chinese uh, decide that this is getting too dangerous a game to play and they kind of pull back on their support uh, for Russia, uh, or do they double down so that they and the Russians can attract support and and appear victorious to the global south, the countries uh, in the BRICS coalition, uh, or do they realize that uh, the Western uh, democracies uh, once riled up, uh, as the Japanese found out, that we would uh, not uh, give way. So I think that it's a a slow uh, escalation. It seems to be uh, somewhat controlled and that uh, nobody's talking about nukes and chemicals and biologicals. Uh, and the and the the rest yet. Thank so goodness. I think we have some. Thank goodness. Some, we we have some ways to go. I think this will continue. Well, we, Ty, uh, we've while, been fighting. We've been fighting World War Three as far as econ- the economy, economic World War. We've been fighting a cultural World War. I'm glad we're not using any bullets or or any stupid nuclear weapons right now. Uh, can can any pre- what presidential candidate? Do you have confidence in in 2024? I know I hate to put you in that spot. That uh, that uh, won't be a World War Three. We well, talked about it last some, night. Yeah, I think that uh, you know there are a number of people uh, that uh, could uh, exercise good judgment with prudence, but but will uh, anybody from uh, you know Robert Kennedy uh, and some others on the one or two others on the Democratic side and people like. Uh, uh, you know, Haley and uh, Tim Scott and DeSantis and uh, a number of other senators that, that could run, uh, Yunkin, uh, that could bring a lot of uh, willpower and knowledge. Uh, that would include uh, the former President Trump. Uh, he has uh, quite a bit of uh, acumen in these matters. Uh, and I think that uh, it's going to require just a very uh, determined and careful uh set of steps, which will appear to be uh, escalation uh, by us uh, in response to escalations and attacks by the Russians. So I think that we have some further uh, moves to make with our chess pieces in response to what the bad guys are doing. And so it will drag out uh, to some 
to some degree. Yep. And, uh, and Judge Weinberg, you've got a question. You know, by the way, I thought about, uh, Lindsey Graham last night at our dinner. Uh, Judge said, um, that, you know, for all the, you know, foibles or whatever of Trump, he said people feared him. Well, that's and, exactly. and that's when you're going up against tough characters, you want to have, uh, strength. Go ahead, Ty, Judge. Ty, I read an article which said that the, uh, Chinese has said very, very clearly that if we send arms to Taiwan, they will smash Taiwan. What do you make of that statement? Well, I think that, you know, they have uh, more or less said that for for many years. Uh, they uh, said that, and so we said, okay, we'll have a one-China policy. We won't say which China we, we like the most, Taiwan or, or Beijing. For a while, we dealt with Beijing as a, to have a, a, a strong uh, support against the USSR, the Soviet Union. So it was a grand, grand strategic play to uh, pull the Chinese uh, our way, but we never quite uh, gave in to the demands that we throw this democracy overboard uh, in Taiwan. I think that um, the Chinese will not uh, smash Taiwan. I think they will try to move forward with a a soft power uh, type of uh, ideological campaign, economic, maybe a blockade, a lot of threats. Uh, I think they realize that Watching what's happened with the Ukraine uh, and what's happened with the Russians. That yes, they- as, as somebody else said last night in our dinner party mm-hmm. that we had with uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, uh, it, it, because we lost lost Afghanistan, that's why Putin went into Ukraine. And if we lose Ukraine, then China goes into Taiwan, and Russia goes Plenty into Poland. Too. There's yeah, there's a lot associated with that. When we pulled out of Vietnam in 1979, where I served, yeah. I was then working for Secretary Schlesinger in his immediate office. Uh, after Vietnam fell, and and we were unable to uh, give them support due to the law in Congress passed that said we could not support our allies anymore there uh, by the Democratic Senate and and others. Uh, after Vietnam fell in '75, uh, about eight or nine other countries fell to communism. Uh, between 75 and 79, including Nicaragua, Mozambique, uh, Laos, uh, Cambodia. So once you you have a major debacle on your hands, it, it tempts bad guys and it leads to wars and conflicts. And that very well uh, could happen if thank we don't you. handle Ty, this Ukraine. Ty McCoy, thank you for your service to our country and continue to speak out for our country. And we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless. And now, uh, Rita, let's go to Albany. What the heck is going on in Albany? I understand that congestion pricing, we're going to make a billion dollars, but the MTA is saying that almost 700, 800 million in tolls, not tolls, in, in, in fares. Fair evaders, fair right? evaders yep. are not paying. So is, are we going to go into congestion pricing to pay for the fare evaders? That doesn't seem right. Let's go to Zach Williams, New York Post reporter. Zach, I mean, that doesn't seem right. When you sit there and listen, you go, why should we be paying for fare evaders? <laughs> well, the wheels are well in motion now for congestion pricing following the federal approval just days ago, which had been, you know, a real roadblock to get this uh, congestion pricing plan in place uh, after it got approved, you know, now uh, nearly three years ago. So, you know, it looks like it's going to be moving forward. And uh, after years and years of arguments, public forums and everything else, you know, Governor Kathy Hochul said, you know, uh, congestion pricing 
is uh, going to happen. Well, I, I always applaud Tony Carbonetti. I always applaud state government when they look at other places that have been so successful. What's the name of that city that loves congestion pricing, John? I can't remember London, the name of it. London. 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 Yeah, no, but they don't like it. No, they don't. And we had Nicole Jelinas okay. who was That's there. My point. She said it stinks there. It Why would you want to have it here? She says we adopted it here <laughs> because and, and, it did and, so well in London. And yeah. in California, they're going to have uh, reparations. So I said, well, every California does, uh, our city council looks at it and says, let's pay double. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, John, speaking of double, this news just coming out. Eric Adams just said a little bit ago. Uh, that the migrants that are coming to New York City originally had a price tag basically on New York of basically $2 billion. Now he's saying it could cost the city $4 billion. How many migrants are we talking about? Well, right now there's 65,000, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. 20 new buses, John was just saying, just came into the Roosevelt breaking, Hotel. Breaking news. Breaking 20, news. 20 buses come, came into the hotel what was it? The Roosevelt, the Roosevelt Hotel the in Roosevelt Midtown. The Roosevelt Hotel, right next to the beautiful $3.5 billion J.P. Morgan building. And it is going to cost, this is the first time I've seen this number from Eric Adams, just saying it a little bit ago, that the price tag basically for New York City alone could cost over $4 billion for taxpayers. So I just did the math in my head. Just, I didn't use my iPhone. I did it in my head. It's 61500 per person. Wow. Wow. That That's like a higher than the medium income. I yes, mean, that's, that's outrageous. That's more than we give the poor. Did that number in my head. Just yes. Why, and why are we not giving it to like a, a New good, Yorkers? Tony. Very brilliant. You're really why, smart. Why, I didn't why, know that, Tony. Why, why, now, why, now, 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 now we know. Now we know. Now we know. 61000 a person? That's stunning. Zach, go ahead. You're, wait, this wait, is wait, amazing. We, we gave Zach. We called Zach, and we're not letting him talk. That's why I'm going to Zach. That's why, because we love Zach. Go ahead, Zach. Well, I'm going to have to shake up your numbers a little bit per what uh, the governor said earlier today. Now, at least 71,000 migrants in New York State. Now, not all of them are under the care of New York City. The best number I have has been at least 40,000. Uh, and, you know, it's gone to that point in recent months. And certainly the mayor has been very outspoken in recent months saying that the costs were only going to grow with time. And if until the federal government from President Biden to congressional Republicans, Senate Democrats, you know, solve this, you know, almost uh, generational issue at the border. You know, we, we all know that, you know, for probably 20, 20, 30 years, people have been talking about, you know, the current system doesn't work. You know, on the one hand, the U.S. needs labor. We don't uh, produce, uh, you know, nearly as much farm products without the help of undocumented immigrants. But with the asylum seekers, you know, we got a bit, bit of a different situation. You know, with the expiration of Title 42 last week, you know, they have a right, if, if of course, they make that a point the Biden administration created, to, to reach, you know, ports of entry and request asylum. Now, until the feds change, you know, the law, that's kind of where we're stuck. Now, the governor today, you know, said that she's, you know, quote, on an hourly basis, checking places to put these folks. And I was just in Sullivan County yesterday, and they really are trying to <laughs> seemingly trying to stick them wherever they can, because, you know, the hotel I saw was a. They uh, declared a state uh, of emergency, Sullivan County, a few hours ago. <laughs> oh, see, the, the wheels just keep Movement, And I think the bottom line right now is if unless the Fed step in and change some of these immigration rules, there's going to be a long wait until a lot of these migrants 
either, you know, you know, get their work authorization, get their asylum status or don't and have to leave the country. Now, the, the governor expressed some optimism, as she has in the past, that a lot of upstate counties would be happy to host the migrants once they get the work authorization. But, you know, the ongoing efforts by New York City Mayor Eric Adams have to ship migrants to counties to the north have certainly ruffled feathers. And it really just looks like this situation isn't going to get any better unless Biden. Zach Williams, wait till you see our New York Post ad on Sunday. I beg your pardon? Wait till you see our New York Post ad on Sunday. (laughs) Well, there you go. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody from the mayor, the governor, congressional Republicans, Democrats in Congress, you know, have been pleading with the administration and their congressional colleagues to really just sit down and get this done. But, of course, that ain't easy when everyone is fighting over the debt ceiling limit right now with an impending default. So, Jack, thank you, you know, very much. We we are coming up to an. We got to take another New York Post reporter in New York. Who are we waiting for? Him? We are waiting uh, for Michael Goodwin, Pulitzer Prize winner. And look for the ad, Zach. Thank you for being with us. Anytime. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. And coming up, we're going to talk more about the migrants and a lot more. Michael Goodwin from the New York Post up right after the break on Cats and Cosby. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we are back now on Cats and Cosby. And, John, uh, everybody should look at the New York Post on Sunday. Big ad uh, that you placed here for WABC talking about one of the options to put the migrants, you suggested it's gaining steam, is at Rikers to dress up the cells, get rid of the jail doors, right? You make Rikers a beautiful place. We have a lot of land. We have almost 30,000 beds. It's an island. It's an island? No, all, no alligators around it? Well, no in the alligators. old days, you'd have to go through Ellis Island. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is Michael Goodwin, Pulitzer Prize winning columnist there with the New York Post. What do you think of the idea here, Michael Goodwin? Well, look, I think it, it, it sounds radical, Rita, but when you compare it to the options, uh, such as taking over the Roosevelt Hotel and Madison Avenue and uh, cots and gymnasiums of city schools, um, it sounds quite reasonable, as I say, compared to the alternatives. And I think that's, uh, look, fundamentally, none of this is going to make a difference until the border is sealed. I mean, I think if there's you know, Mayor Adams is is trying to uh, bail out a sinking boat with a teaspoon, uh, there just isn't enough space anywhere in any city to take in five, six million refugees and migrants the way they're coming across the border. I mean, it's just it's got to be stopped. So, uh, look, all ideas are welcome. I think the city is spending so much money. Rikers would probably be a bargain financially. But uh, this whole thing has got to stop. I mean, Mayor Adams has to go to the White House and say, I can't take it anymore. You're ruining my city. You're destroying my city. Uh, I'm fighting with everybody over this and there's nothing we just can't keep up. Uh, and there's no end in sight. I mean, this is the 
the peculiar nature of this problem. There is no end in sight. The border is not secure. All of Central America, all of South America could, could come for all Joe Biden cares. The whole world could come through the southern border the way it's uh, working now. My, Michael, it's Tony Carbonetti. I mean, we're having this conversation. We're a city of 8 million people, and we're having a conversation about 65,000, 70,000. Can you imagine what those border states, or those border cities, border towns, I mean, when they see the tens of thousands coming across every day, they're, they're, imagine what they're going through. Texas. They don't have a $106 <laughs> billion budget like New York City. No, no. And you see the pictures of them, just migrants sleeping yeah. on the streets, long rows in El Paso. I mean, you know, look, some of these Democratic mayors in Texas and the border towns like El Paso, they have they have not come down on Joe Biden, I think. And Joe Biden is the only person who can solve this problem. Mm-hmm. It's simply I mean, the, the Greg Abbott and the uh, Ducey in Arizona and uh, DeSantis a bit in uh, Florida, they tried this. They tried to get the Democratic mayor's attentions by sending them north. That was the whole idea. Go you go talk to your Democratic president, your Democratic friend. Tell him to stop it because you're suffering. But they're suffering. I mean, I, the Boston Globe had a story about migrants overwhelming the Massachusetts ability to take care of them. So it's happening everywhere. And everyone is kind of fighting this battle on their own. And as you say, New York has many more resources, but we can't possibly keep up. Michael, it's Richard Weinberg. You walk in the streets of Midtown and we're trying to resurrect the city after the COVID problem. And they're imposing congestion pricing, which has discouraged people from coming in. Now, in Midtown, you're going to have these migrants being housed in Midtown hotels. Yeah, by the way, 20 buses just right. came to the Roosevelt, and, Judge. And 50%, the number seems to be, Michael, 50% of the hotel space is being occupied by the migrants or, or, or close to that. And what are these people going to be doing all day when they don't have work papers? They shouldn't be here in the first place, but they don't have work papers. What are you supposed to do with these people, and what's the harm to our city? Well, look, and, and you, you raise an interesting point on the work papers because, you know, the mayor has talked about this. The governor has talked about this. The governor's talked about a path to citizenship. I mean, that is a, these are invitations for more people to come. I mean, I, I, I hate to say give them a bed of nails and that will stop them, but that's the approach. If you make it so hospitable that you're just giving more of them a reason to come. I mean, that, and that's what they're doing. It, simply by giving them a hotel room, food, transportation, a cell phone, health care, education, you're saying, come on in. I mean, that's the problem with this humanitarian gesture. It just invites more. And look, it's, at some point, this is going to bankrupt the whole social service industry in the city. Uh, you know, what, what about the people who are New York residents uh, who've been here for a long time waiting for more help? I mean, what about the guy in the subway who, uh, you know, with, with uh, Daniel Penny, right? What kind of help did he get? So New Yorkers are not getting help. But meanwhile, we're going to open the doors to perhaps hundreds of thousands of, of migrants. I mean, it makes zero sense in the world. And I think Mayor Adams is destroying his mayoralty. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Tomorrow, at the end of the show, Rita. And I understand you have some specials coming up on Monday. Yeah. We, and by the way, on Tuesday, I no holds barred, live interview myself and former Governor Andrew Cuomo. Nothing is off limits. We can talk about anything. It will be one hour live special on WABC. I can't wait for that. Wow. And, and also, everybody, we also want to direct everybody. Uh, go to our WABCradio.com. We also have this is the Go Send Made, the website, because uh, this is for the fundraiser. Anybody wants to help Elizabeth Gomes. That's the woman who is that's the former airport worker who was assaulted. Remember, about seven months ago. And she was on our show yesterday uh, talking about what happened to her. Absolutely. And she said she said, I wish the Marine was there to help me. Yeah, she wished she had a good Samaritan like Daniel Penny when she was beat up by a crazy guy on the subway. Michael Goodwin, thank you again. Thank you for everything you do. God bless you. And uh, Judge Weinberg, Tony Carbonetti, uh, Governor uh, Patterson, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and the American American way. way. God bless America.